Hello, this is the WNBA Podcast. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the WNBA Podcast. Truth, you can't handle the... WNBA Podcast. Bandwidth. Sell to my lip. Five foot eleven. Podcast partner. Welcome to week five of the WNBA podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Peter. Hello, Peter. Hey, how's it going, Tom? Well, I'm a little bit annoyed, just like our audience, actually, that we haven't been recording for a long time. Um, is there anything you can explain to do with it? Uh, I hate to come off the bat very aggressively at my podcast partner, but I just I want some explanations, just like the massive fans do. The blame's coming my way, is it? I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I have had uh, all of one message. Uh, shout out to my brother. Uh for asking where the next podcast is going to be. So, uh, I mean, obviously the, the listenership is very upset. Um, I, I don't know, I guess, I, if I had to put on anything, Tom, I'd probably have put on having a job. I mean, I, I don't know if that's something that affects you. Well, people need to get their priorities straight, Peter. It's the WNBA podcast or jobs. I mean, come on, give the people what they want. Twitter was a buzz with anger the last week. <laughs> A lot of uh, a lot of hating going on out there. There was a lot. It was on. It wasn't the real Twitter. It was one of those like Chinese Twitters or something or Russian. I don't know. Either way, it was filled with anger against us. <laughs> we have upset the Russians and Chinese, so I guess that makes sense. That's true. Um. All right. So, so this is the finals edition. Of What's that? So this is the finals edition. Am I wrong? The finals edition. the NBA playoffs. Round of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Alright, so what do you think of that uh that segue, Peter? Good, good production skills? Well, let's just say if this was ever to be made into TV or movie form, I'd be on the credits twice, just letting you know. And you'd only be on once, so there you go. Oh, I still, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Arrested Development, but I, I still am claiming first investor in this podcast too, Tom. I don't know if you recall, but the uh, podcast service that we're using, the $5 came out of my pocket, I think, so... <laughs> This way. I'll put majority owner as well for you, I guess. There we go, I'll take that. <laughs> Either way, yeah, we'll take it. Alright, so where do you want to start? You want to, obviously it's a bit late for um, Eastern and Western Conference recaps, but so you want to start, just go straight into the finals? I mean, I guess so, we can uh, jump back and forth. 
uh, conference finals. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard not to be excited about those finals. It should be pretty amazing. Uh, Golden State, I mean, amazing regular season from them. Historically great team. Their margin of victory over the season was, uh, I think, some top 10 all time. Um, I mean, really dominant team. And then you got LeBron in the finals for the fifth time in five years. So pretty interesting storylines going on. I mean, what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about the, uh, I guess the storyline that most people have been talking about is it's kind of more of a team versus a, a man at the moment. Um, LeBron really, if you watch his, the Eastern finals, he was just carrying them. Not really a whole lot of people did anything else. Like J.R. Smith had a few, a few kind of random J.R. Smith occurrences, I guess you'd say. Um, probably after yeah. a few big nights. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, but really, Golden State really plays more as a team. They're meant to be better defensively, although um, the Cavs have actually had a better defense of efficiency in the playoffs, which is strange. Um, so that's what I pretty much find the most excited. In. And also, who's going to guard Curry? Because um, Curry's probably not going to be matched up against him. Um, where are you? Like, where are they going to hide Curry? I guess are they going to put him on the three? Are they going to put him on Barnes? They're probably not going to put him on Clay. Um, so I guess it would probably Barnes. Like the matchups are really interesting to me. Um, so And also, who's going to guard LeBron, yeah. I guess? Um, the Warriors, probably of most teams in the NBA, have the most people suitable to get on. They'll probably start Barnes, it sounds like, but they'll also... Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Also, Draymond will get a real good shot. It'll be really interesting. And then... I guess Iguodala off the bench might give it a little shot, but he might just be a little too small, just like Jimmy Butler was in the second round. Um, so that's going to be really interesting, actually. What do you think about the matchups? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Matchups are pretty fascinating, and that's kind of the the big thing that uh, obviously takes a more prominence in the uh, playoffs. You know, you can if you got a bad matchup or a good matchup, you can just Pound that matchup for, you know, seven games and really ride it to victories and swing the course of a series. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably find the most interesting matchup, um, what, um, Clint's going to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, uh, so you really got, uh, Kyrie trying to desperately hide somewhere. I mean, even on his best days, as you said, he, he's not a great defender and now he's playing on one league. You can't think he's going to stick around with, um, you know, stick around with Steph Curry or even uh, Clay Thompson, really. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you throw him on Barnes? And then Barnes has shown a little bit of a post game here and there too. And you got to think that he'd abuse Curry on the block. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think if I was, um, yeah, I think if I'm uh, David Blatt or you know, Coach LeBron, more realistically, yeah. I think I'd be tempted to uh, have start Curry on Steph Curry. And then just switch every pick and roll. Uh, hi, I guess you can't switch one five pick and roll when you've got Moskov on the floor. But I mean, I would go by crunch, crunch time lineup would probably be Tristan Thompson at five and LeBron at four or anywhere. And in a lineup like that, then you can afford to switch every pick and roll involving Steph Curry. And really, uh, that you would hope would neuter some of the damage that, um, Steph Curry would normally take in the pick and roll. Ah, uh, sorry, that Kyrie would normally take as a defensive player in the pick and roll. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What would be your go-to? Would you throw, uh, Kyrie on Barnes or? I'd probably start, yeah, I'd probably, maybe the safe bet is just to kind of, the first few minutes just really feel it out and see how Kyrie goes 
on Curry. Um, it doesn't sound like he's going to be 100% going into the game, which doesn't look good for the Cavs. Um, yeah. I really yeah. think overall in the long term, either Shumpert will probably spend most of the time guarding Curry. Um, but it'll be really interesting if LeBron, even if it's just on a switch on a screen, what what he does guarding Curry and if Curry gets him on a mismatch or if it is a mismatch and whether he's going to attack LeBron like he attacks everyone else. Um, so I'm really looking oh. forward to those those uh, switches yeah. as well. That'd be great. Watching Steph Curry trying to attack LeBron on a switch would be amazing. Yeah, that's going to be great. Be that's somewhere where I think LeBron is starting to show his age a little bit. Um, when was it that first year? Uh, the, the year 2010 or 11, I think, in the past when uh, D. Rose won his MVP. Uh, LeBron was definitely up to the task of guarding uh, D. Rose one-on-one. But I think that on the defensive side of the ball and those one-on-one matchups, I just don't know if he can stick with those kind of you know, lightning-quick first-step guards anymore. Yeah, I think... Uh, do you think he'd be up to it? I think he can in critical moments, but in terms of consistently being able to do it, I don't think he can sustain it over a game. But you, you see when he really, really focuses on, say, he got Jeff Teague um, in, the, in a switch at the end of, I think it was game three, I think, and uh, Jeff Teague drove on him, and he was really locked in then, and he uh, I think he got a little tip block, or, or Teague missed it, LeBron put him off. So he can really lock down, but just position after position after position, I don't think LeBron can sustain that kind of excellent defense he's had um, in previous years, really. Yeah, yeah, that's no, gonna be interesting to see how uh, the Cavs' defense responds. Uh, whether or not they start doing. I mean, Bogut hasn't really been doing much on the offensive side of the ball for, uh, I mean, two or three seasons now, really. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they get aggressive, uh, especially when they go small ball, having Thompson guarding Bogut, but only kind of nominally guarding him and kind of, you know, trying to zone up a little bit and uh, force someone like Bogut to try and make some plays. Or just just anything to really kind of try and throw a Golden State out of their rhythm, you know? That's right. All right, Peter. Now, of course, we've been on the radio for a little bit now, so going away to an advertisement with the lanes. Snow. Restaurant. 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 Eat at Weatherlands. All right, back uh, back after the Weatherlands advertisement. You got to get it in. We got to pay the bills somehow. Uh, we got to get it in. <laughs> Frankly, I think that's a lot better quality than the show itself, so uh, the more the better. Have we um, approached Weatherlands yet about these advertisements? Um, uh, I I got a call the other day asking about a cease and desist. Yeah? Uh, they don't want to be associated with the show. Ooh. Uh, I mean, initial stance. So we'll kind of, I mean, you know, you, you say things rashly. You know, we'll give them some time. Tell them, more plays. Tell them we'll stop and the show if we get uh, free apps or, or quarter price apps or something. Something like that. We need to. We got a bargain then, chip here. So you reckon blackmail is our best option? <laughs> That's definitely the best option. Best option. 
talking about just continuing on with our finals preview finals music cute yep. all right back uh good good uh reason to go to that finals music again and so that, that focuses me tom i appreciate it <laughs> um but i want to talk about cleveland's defense um during the regular season i know they got a few upgrades with mozgov um, who else did they get in there? I suppose Deliver Dover's been playing more minutes in the playoffs, but they they had it outside the top ten defense. Um, yeah, and Chumper as well. Yeah, I mean two starters really, so um, that was pretty big. But in the playoffs, um, the advanced stats have shown that they are actually number one defensive efficiency, and that's taking into account the strength of opponent. Now I don't know. Uh, I have probably a question for you, Peter. The, I mean, the, the strength of the opponent has been pretty weak, and that can't take into account injuries. So, for example, that's assuming Atlanta's performing at their regular season offense, right? Or or Chicago's yeah. performing at their regular season offense. So I think that's a really misleading stat, and I really don't think that Cleveland defense has been challenged at all. I think it has improved since the regular season. But I think they're just in for a world of pain in this next round. Um, I'd say a couple things, yes, in response to that. So one, I mean, you look at Golden State's uh, record to get here, and so like Houston, for example, were missing uh, uh, Donatus Montiunis and Patrick Beverly, which hurt them. Um, before that, who they have uh, Memphis, um, who were pretty banged up with Mike Conley. Uh, I think. Uh, the Pelicans weren't too badly banged up. But, I mean, certainly they've kind of had uh, injuries to key players that they've played against too. That's true, yeah. Uh, and then I think the other part of it, like, uh, I, don't get me wrong, I think Kevin Love's a good player. I think he's an ex-player. But his injury has essentially removed probably the Cavs' worst or equal worst with Kyrie regular rotation defensive player. Um, the upgrade from moving from, uh, sorry, from Love to Thompson on the defensive side of the ball is pretty significant, really. I mean, I still think it's a net negative, uh, but I think that has shored up their defense considerably. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that number, you know, could um, could be uh, pretty realistic, um, you know, kind of number that we've seen throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I, I think I think that the, I think I will give Tristan Thompson credit. He wasn't seen as that good a defender. Um, kind of before the playoffs, but he's really stepped up his, his, uh, pick and roll defense, and especially when off the pick and roll, when there's a switch, his man to man defense on the ball. He's actually looked really good, good off that, but, um, yeah, just that strength of the East, like, I really see, I mean, even going back to, uh, I don't know, someone like, um, I mean, Memphis, I think, would have won the East pretty handily. I'm not sure against Cleveland, um, but they would have really just crushed the balls and, Atlanta and of course Boston as well. So um, I think game one's going to be really interesting. It's it'll probably be, um, I mean both teams will be feeling each other out, I guess, like always. Um, well.
Oh, yes, what's going on there? Is that, what's that? Do you need a moment to get off your, get your breath back, or, or what's going on there? Sir? Do you need a moment to get your breath back? Because that was, that was, that was amazing. There's a lot happening there. Uh, there's a little bit of something I've been working on in America for weeks now, Tom. Oh, we cool. finally unleash it. Yeah. But uh, the stats bomb for this week uh, is related to one LeBron James. So a couple of pretty interesting things happening when you're looking at his Stat, or his advanced stats for this year compared to his previous years in the playoffs. So his usage rate right now stands at 36.4%. So his, um, the usage rate obviously is kind of a, an estimate of the percentage of possessions that a player is using when they're on the floor. So higher than any of his previous stint in Cleveland, which I thought was pretty fascinating. Uh, also highest in the playoffs this year. Um, but the interesting kind of other side of that is his true shooting percentage. So you look at his true shooting percentage last year in Miami, uh, and it was 67%, which is phenomenal, frankly. I think it was second best in the playoffs last year behind Culver. Uh, and then this year, he's down to 49%, mm. which is significantly below the league average. And frankly, kind of uh, Allen Iverson-esque numbers. Uh, so that's our stats bomb for this week. Obviously, there's a lot going on there. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Tom. Is, is LeBron's usage rate being hurt? Uh, sorry, is his true shooting percentage being hurt by his usage rate? Is there something that's going to keep going in the finals? Well, that's what a lot of people have actually been debating since that Hawks round. Um, I know he's been... I mean, if you look at his basic stats for the Hawks, uh, Hawks round, he almost averaged a triple-double, really. And, you know, the, the, the real... Uh, I guess simple fan will say, oh, well, he won and they got, he got this amount of stats, so you know, he killed it. But yeah, I mean, his true shooting percentage wasn't that great. Um, don't forget that. What's that? I said we're not simple fans here, Tom. Don't forget that. No, we're well above that. I mean, we've got our own podcast here. Exactly. <laughs> um, but. Sort of a Billy Peter fan thing, Tom. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, does he, does he need to, he, I guess with his team at the moment being so really rubbish, there's not many other creators now that love and Kyrie is hurt. Does he need to be that person who has such a high usage rate and, and makes his uh, field goal percentage or his true shooting percentage drop that low to win? Like, does it help him win to actually be more inefficient, if that makes sense? Um, sounds a bit strange, but that's what, um, I mean, he might have to do versus the Warriors, right? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think you're right. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it, the low true shooting percentages, um, it's a really, uh, interesting thing from his advanced stats, is his free throw rate. Is by Great, break, break, breaking news. Break, um, sorry to cut you off there. Um, breaking news, the, uh, the Canberra Rams are playing the Super City Rangers, um, on the 7th of June in Otara at 3pm. Otara, I think it's near Auckland. So there you go, it's breaking news. Yeah. The Super City, uh, Super City, how is it now? Super City Rangers? Uh, um, um, I don't know. We'll have to listen to the podcast again, Peter, if you want that information. 
I guess, yeah. Big, big game, though, I'm sure, for both sides. Oh, huge game. Tom. Peter. Um, um, I mean, should we get back to the uh, LeBron situation then? Yeah, if you guys have something else to add. Well, I, I was just going to uh, add that. So his free throw rate um, this season in the playoffs is massively below his free throw rate any other season in the playoffs. And then the uh, other interesting part is his three-point percentage so far in the playoffs this year has been 18%, which is uh, obviously pretty ridiculously low. So I think where he's really getting hurt efficiency-wise is he's not getting his, you know, Easy points. He's not making his threes, and he's not getting to the free throw line. I think it's really hurting him a lot. So it'd be interesting to see whether or not uh, Golden State can continue to kind of hurt him from downtown and keep him off the line. Yeah, you think no. that he's going to, um, I don't know, will this Cavs team on the offensive end? Well, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State smartly so goes out and defends him, kind of like um, Spurs two thousand and. 13, when Kyrie just, you know, they all gave him so much space and just said, you know, to, to beat us, you're going to have to hit that jump shot. And based out he's been shooting in the playoffs, it's kind of maybe game one or two they'll just do that and see how it goes. Um, Atlanta dropped way, way too much off other players when he drove and he was able to get a lot of assists um, through so much help. Um, if there's someone big like Draymond or Harrison Barnes guarding him, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of drop off them and see how they go. Do the old Boris DR technique. They're the most athletic guy in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think that that historically has seemed to work fairly well against LeBron and seems to get in his head a little bit too because he starts becoming more hesitant on those threes. Yeah. When he's finding himself so wide open. I think it's just not quite what he's used to seeing. Uh, so I agree. I mean, I think that's a, a pretty interesting strategy. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Cavs' offense looks like with their starters on the floor. So obviously when they've got uh, Mozgov and Thompson out there, along with LeBron, either Shumpert or J.R. Smith, and um, uh, Kyrie, I mean, they've got shooters at one through three, but like you got two big men that really need to be operating near the basket. So there's not going to be any driving lanes open. So, I mean, do you think the LeBron's going to be able to squeeze out some points on those positions? I mean, he's just going to have to. That's going to be the really real story of the game, I guess. Um, it really... Yeah. Foul trouble is going to be really important for Golden State as well. If he if he gets some early fouls on who's defending him, it's really going to put a lot of pressure on that Golden State team and kind of who's up next to guard LeBron type thing. Yeah, I mean, I think Golden's are fairly well equipped and, you know, that they do have three guys that could, you know, you would think in Barnes, uh, Green and Iguodala who, you know, should each be able to handle the job at least somewhat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially if someone like Bogut gets in foul trouble too. That's right. Um, so moving on, I wouldn't mind talking a little bit about this Dwayne Wade situation down in Miami. Have you heard much about what's going on there with his contract negotiation? Uh, a little bit, just vaguely he wants that, that paper, and uh, they're trying to talk him into a um, bit of a pay cut, a bit of a hometown discount. Yeah, well... Uh, what do you think? Well, well so it's kind of... Like, yeah, well, just roughly the kind of backstory is Dwayne Wade's always taken a slight pay cut um, for Miami to be able to sign extra players. When the big three came down, 
he took more of a pay cut than the other two to make sure they could sign Adonis Haslam. And then last year when um, LeBron James um, opted out, um, Dwayne opted out as well. Offers he had, I think, 20 mil guaranteed this year, then next year, and 21 the year after. And he opted out and ended up signing a $16 million deal to help the team. Um, it was a... Sorry? I think it was 16 per year, right? Yeah, 16 per year. So $16 million per year. And he's got the ability now to opt in or opt out. Um, and what he real, what signs are coming from his camp is that he wants to opt out and get that money that he's owed now. He, he could have had 20 mil this year, 20 mil next year and 21 the year after. And, um, he, it sounds like he wants to opt out kind of fairly as well. Um, cause he did it really for the team and get that higher pay rate. But now, um, obviously the Heat are kind of saying, well, you only really paid two thirds, play two thirds of the season. Um, you're not really, you're definitely not worth in the open market that 20 million. Um, do we really want to pay you that based on past performance and past kind of under the table handshake? So, um, it's real interesting for both teams. There's loyalty both ways. There's always been a good relationship between, uh, Wade and the Heat and he's always called himself a Heat lifer, but, um, it's going to be interesting what, what happens going forward, whether he opts in for $16 million or he opts out and tries to get more. And there's even a chance that uh, they could even offer him less and he could end up going somewhere else, which would uh, really hurt him and kind of probably hurt Miami as well and hurt their reputation. So uh, what do you think of in there? Yeah, no, that was pretty interesting. I think one of the things that, I don't know, it gets talked a lot with the salary cap and stuff is, you know, players taking discounts. So, like, you know, LeBron and Kvosh and Dwayne Wade all took a discount to go to Miami. Uh, I don't know, you'll find some players like Pag Gasol took a discount this year to go to, uh, the, uh, to go to the Bulls. Paul Pierce took a discount to go to the Wizards. Frankly, I kind of think that's a bit of a bunch of bullshit. And that, like, if I was Dwayne Wade, like, he's been taking discounts for a while now. And now, when it's the firm's, uh, sorry, when, now when it's um, Miami Heat's time to kind of be like, okay, you know, you've given us, you scratched our back, let us scratch yours. I mean, it seems like they're balking at the idea, which, uh, yeah, I mean, if I was the player, I'd just be like, no, fuck that in the first place. No. But, I mean, I think, honestly, Miami should probably look at Dwayne Wade and say, all right, Dwayne Wade's going to go down as the greatest player in our franchise's history. You know, that's fine. We have pay him by 4 or $5 million a year. You know, that's not the end of the world to kind of let other players know that, you know, Miami's a good place to, to come and play. Uh, I, I think I'd be keen to give him the money. And yeah, I think he's still a pretty elite basketball player where he's on the floor. So I wouldn't feel that bad about giving him that contract anyway. Yeah. That's, I don't know. What would you I don't know it's hard because it's got future ramifications. They, they've indicated, of, of course, like all teams, that they're going to go after Kevin Durant pretty hard in a few years. Or it's, is that, oh, yeah. is that next year or, yeah, it's next year even, isn't it? Yeah, next year. Um, and also they've got Bridget, who they've got to sign this offseason, who will try and get Max. Um, they're going to try and sign him for a little bit less than Max, but it's going to be right up around near that Max value. And then they've also got one more year of Hassan Whiteside, who's on minimum contract at the moment, but depending on how he yeah. plays this year, he'll, he'll really probably demand a lot of money as well. So, that's kind of the situation they're in. I'm, I'm probably guessing, putting myself in Miami in the heat shoes, they probably would pay 
weighed more if it wasn't going to affect, like if it was an open cap, they'd just pay him more just to make up for the money that he saved them. But they're really just thinking about their future salary cap and how kind of they don't want a Kobe type albatross situation. Um, where, yeah. where kind of you know, either they're making him a loyal and a stalwart, but it really just doesn't help their team at all. So I understand kind of the plight that they're in. But I feel like with the Kobe situation, Kobe um, took max money his entire career. That's true. He yeah. was a capable. Yeah. So if I were kids, I wouldn't be too sentimental about like, oh, you know, I've got to make sure Kobe keeps getting overpaid. The Dwayne Wade has taken pay cuts for the team. Yeah. And like. You know, he took a five million dollar pay cut this year and next year, so I mean I think he he's earned that money and I think Miami Heat should give it to him. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that how that plays out. Yeah. The trade will probably look pretty silly if they end up tra- uh, losing Dwayne Wade because without Wade they're still you know kind of a mid table Eastern Conference team, you know kind of flirting with the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be an interesting one. It'll be interesting if Dwayne Wade does get spurned, uh, where he ended up going too. I mean I think there'd be quite a lot of teams lining up to to get him. To be honest with you, depending on how much money he asked for. Well, imagine the story if he uh, if he went up and teamed up with LeBron again. Oh, that'd be an outrage. <laughs> that would be amazing. Be. But it's possible, right? He's and um, I think we'll get some more clarification. He's announced that he's going to be on. Um, the ABC commentary crew on games two, three, six, and seven, or is it three, four? He's going to be on like four games either way. If it goes to seven yeah. games, which it probably won't, but um, so you probably give a bit more clarification. But he's actually the strange thing is he's never ever for the Heat, even during all his years, he's never been the highest paid player on us on the Heat team, which is uh, pretty crazy, really. Yeah, it is, considering we came in, what, 2003, so 12 years with the Heat. Yeah, and when he was, the, you know, before the LeBron years, like 2009 and eight, it was uh, washed up Jermaine O'Neal on his, like, $22 million contract. Um, so that's pretty crazy. What's that? And Shaq probably for a while there, too. Yeah, you're right, yeah. 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 All right, we're getting near the end, Peter. You know what, you know what that means? Oh, I think I do, Tom. Is it time? Is it time it for is. our kick of the week? Tom, right. you want to uh, kick things off? All right, uh, I'm, uh, I'm just going to rail hard and go against everything I've said for the last five minutes and say my kick of the week is um is Dwayne Wade. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just completely, completely contradicting everything that he um I've said kind of proves over the last um you know probably the last five minutes. Um, so I'm I'm saying that because his camp has been bringing out um has bring bring out different rumors and they've been putting out random things. They I mean this where he is in the contract now he should only be saying. Whether he's going to opt in or not, no numbers talking, they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to do anything like that. And, um, he's been, um, and saying all sorts of random metaphorical things and kind of keeping all the Miami hand fans and everyone in kind of low. He's, they've, they've brought out the fact that Miami has offered him, um, three years, $30 million contract, um, which is uh-huh. like low balling the crap out of him. Miami Heat, like, 
people on the inside of the Miami Heat have said, no way, that's not true at all. Like, we've never, ever done that. And I think he's really just trying to get the fans' support behind him. He's also came out on his Instagram and said, like, right during the heat of it, saying, um, stand up for something or you will fall for anything and a whole bunch of stuff like that. Just real vague things. Um, and I'm just not a fan, so he is my cub of the week. Yeah, that is some bullshit, Tom. I agree with you. That's kind of being a little bit, a little bit of a bit about the situation. Uh, I come to the week, uh, somewhat controversial. I'm going to go with, uh, Iggy Azalea. Whoa! We're really bright tonight. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, going on with, uh, Iggy Azalea's situation, Tom. Uh, uh so can you uh, give me an update on who, who this, uh, uh, Iggy person is? She's the, uh, uh what was the famous song uh, she had? Australian Drongo. Oh, that person. Oh, Drongo. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so she, I don't know if you're aware Tom, but, uh, her and Nick Young have been going out for a while. Oh, go on. Some, uh, gossip, gossip. The, um, TMZ footage was released, uh, I think a couple of days ago, showing Nick Young composing and her saying yes. And, um, not, saying a fan, yes, not a fan of marriage. Well, I'm not saying <laughs> Nick Young. Man is clearly an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> if you don't to marry him, then you're probably the count of the week in my book. Whoa, there you go. We've got some uh, real uh, kind of character attacks going on for the Cunt of the Week. I'm a big fan of these this malicious character attacks. Uh, I should really be doing it on. I think I think you've been paying attention, Tom. I mean, malicious character attacks. <laughs> it's kind of the format of Cunt of the Week. But uh, we can keep that going. Can we have a mid-podcast segment that's just called malicious character attacks? Because I think that'd be very interesting as well. Just people in our lives. <laughs> yeah, personal. Personal family members, close friends, each other. Just really go at each other. Mum doesn't pull my laundry pop probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta throw that kind of stuff out there, as we said. Yeah, anything along those lines. Alright, well, uh, we've got a new format for next week. Stay tuned for that. Alright. And, uh, a pleasure speaking with you as always, Tom. Yep, um, as always, I pledge Apple allegiance, and um, we'll, we'll make sure we talk after game one or two next week. Yeah, sounds good. All right, we well, have a great week, Tom. You too, catch up.